Chapter 41 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Louis Albert Banks. Chapter 41 How to Make the Bible a Personal Book. Hebrews Chapter 1 psalm 42 we lose i think the very best of the bible unless we approach it in a spirit of spiritual hunger and alert readiness to find its message as sent to our own hearts the loss of individuality is never greater than in the study of god's word god has made no two of us alike even the outer world is a little different to each of us than it is to anyone else. Each sees his own beautiful pictures in the springtime forest, in the glory of the evening clouds, and the splendour of the sunrise on the mountains. So it is in our appreciation of men and women, and in the fellowship and blessings which we receive from them. Who of us does not know some great, strong, generous-natured man or woman who is a different personality to every one of a dozen friends? He is a genuine, honest friend to every one of them. His friendship is full of delight and comfort and blessing to each one. He is perfectly natural in each case. And yet how different he is in his attitude toward them. One touches him on the side of art. Another enjoys with him a literary fellowship. One is interested with him in political ideas. To another it is outdoor sport and adventure which awakes their talk. Another communes with him about the problems of social life between men and women in this complex and baffling age in which we live. Another has touched the fountain of his affection, and they look deep into each other's eyes, and know the love that passeth knowledge. While still another enters into the heart's temple, and they burn incense together before the altar of their God in spiritual fellowship. How little you have said about this man when you have said that he is the friend of all these men and women. He is not only the friend of all, but the friend of each, and the friend of each in a different way. He is the friend of each one as he needs. Each gets from him the comfort and inspiration and friendship that he asks. Now that is the way God deals with us. With him is infinite resource, and the Bible is the revelation of his heart to us. In it there is a message for every mood, for every experience, for every longing of the soul, a message for the sad and the weary, a message for the glad and the strong, a message for the deep probing thinker, a message for the courageous and daring worker. And if each one will come to the book with his own honest longing and let his hunger have full play, the Bible will give him the food he needs. The trouble is that many people rarely, if ever, come to the Bible at first hand. They read what this man or that man says about the Bible until, if they do come at all to read it themselves, the mind and the heart are confused with the half-dozen spectacles of other men's thoughts through which they have been looking. 
they come to the study of the Bible dependent upon other people, and without that aroused and independent spirit of research which every one of us must have to get from the Bible the peculiar message which it holds for us alone. I think the worst thing the Roman Catholic institution has done for the world has been the robbing of such multitudes of souls of ever knowing the Bible as a personal book. A brilliant Roman Catholic priest of Paris, who has left that communion because of the new light which has come to him, has been making an address in which he says some very striking things. Among other statements he makes is this, quote, A French Christian is a man who dares to read the scriptures for himself and with his own eyes. The Roman Church, when it puts the Bible into the hands of its priests and its people, first puts a bandage over their eyes. Or rather, instead of a bandage, it puts on them blue or green spectacles, so that they see blue instead of white, and green for black. And it says to them, If you, unfortunately, read with your own eyes, you will be damned. End quote. Now, Abbe Filippo, who makes this utterance, has come to the conclusion that God has a personal message for each soul. Hence he bursts out with the exclamation, quote, Does not God dwell in France as much as in Italy? Is not the sun over our heads? Does not God make the corn to grow in France? The Pope is no more in communication with heaven than we are. Or has the Vatican perhaps a special telegraph wire from the throne of God to the Pope's chair? If the Eternal will condescend to speak to the Pope, we will humbly ask him to speak to us too. End quote. This French brother has got at the root of the matter. But is it not true that there are thousands of Protestants who never come to the Bible except with blue or green spectacles on? The reason is, we do not read it enough. We do not sufficiently cultivate the habit of going to it for guidance when we are perplexed, or for encouragement when we are sad, or for the proper expression of our gladness when we are joyous. We can only make the Bible a personal book by translating it into our own lives and writing our own lives between the lines on the holy page. Mark Guy Pierce tells the story of a fisherman who was converted in his old age. He was not able to read and therefore had to do his own thinking, and so he pondered a great deal upon the word of God which he had read to him. A friend visiting him one day, knowing how he loved the Bible, said to him, Now, John, shall I read you a chapter? Yes, if you please. I should so much like to hear a chapter. I do dearly love to hear the word read. And what part shall I read to you? About the lizard lights, please. Do read about them, for when I see them, I always think I am near my heavenly home. I have often been out on the Atlantic on dark stormy nights, and when I caught sight of the lizard lights, I knew I was near Falmouth Harbour and would soon be safely moored. I am afraid, ventured his friend, that I do not know about the lizard lights. Not know about them? Well, I thought you were a gentleman and had scripture knowledge. But if you don't know about the lizard lights, you must wait until Mary comes in. A short time after, Mary, who was his daughter, came in, and the old man said, 
Mary, where is that in the book about the lizard lights? You know, you were reading about them last Sunday night. Oh, father, she said, that was not the lizard lights. It was the Israelites. The old man had made a mistake of the head, but he had made no mistake of the heart. He had not apprehended clearly in detail, but the application was all right. The story of the Israelites told of the guidance of God in their wanderings, and the lizard lights had been the beacon which many a time had guided him safe into the harbour. If we will come to the Bible with its fullness of incident, its stories of human life and of God's dealings with it, as though it were God's message for us, we shall find that its pillar of cloud by day and its pillar of fire by night, its angel songs and its angel ministries, will all live again and glorify our own lives. End of chapter 41